Amen. It is so wonderful to be here, and I am from the big metropolis of Unadilla. Amen. I, I acknowledge um, the angel of this house, Pastor John. Can we God, bless God for him? Amen. Amen. I met him in 2007, and um, my life has not been the same. Um, I um, always enjoy the, the praise and worship here. God, God's spirit is just so in this place, and it, it is so, um, so warm in here. There's never been a time that I've come in here and not experienced the warmth of God, and that's a testament to you. So we, we thank you for loving on me, and we certainly love you. And if you're ever down in uh, Unadilla, come see us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word of God. Um, if you will, uh, please stand with me to honor the Word. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read two different versions of, of Scripture, and they're kind of similar, but um, they have a little different twist, and I want to read them both. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. It reads as follows, and I'm reading the NIV version first. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Now I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, the same verses. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. I want to speak from the title, God Wants You to Be Happy. Father, thank you for the privilege to minister your word. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing on the lips of clay, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit in this place, Lord. Now move by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. God wants you to be happy. When God speaks to me, uh, sometimes it's in a quiet conversation. He uses phrases sometimes. Sometimes he uses experiences. Sometimes he uses pictures in the theater of my mind. Uh, I, I see certain things as God is speaking, but oftentimes, as I'm listening for a message, he uses segments or groups of words. He uses groups of words like love your brother or continue to pray, uh, be quiet as you are listening. Uh, he uses groups of words like uh, it isn't time yet, uh, forgiveness is the key, um, your faith is important, and other segments of words like this. And I structure sermons around the segments of words that God gives me. I believe he does this because of how I've personally processed things. You have to learn how you hear God and listen that way. 
and do, and as you do that, God will come to you the way he needs to come to you. So God speaks to me in segments of words. And as I was listening to him for a message today, I heard God speak the word, be happy. And that's my title. God wants you to be happy. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know that being a Christian isn't easy. Regardless of what people say, being a Christian has its challenges. Some things that we deal with tends to be really, really tough. There isn't anything easy as it relates to being a Christian. Now, you must understand, I'm not talking about a Christian who talks a good game, but rather a Christian who talks the talk and walks the walk. A Christian who has committed himself or herself to really living for God, being, being a servant for God and loving God's people. When you're really committed and strive to do the right thing, it's tough being a Christian. In most cases, a Christian tends to be a marked person. People look at you on the street in, in stores and they know a Christian tends to be a nice, giving person. As a Christian, you need to have tough skin because people will take advantage of you. They will take advantage of your kindness. They will take advantage of your gentleness. They will take advantage of your giving spirit. They will manipulate you. Say amen to that. I know I'm preaching right. They will manipulate you. They will play silly games on you and, and with you. They will use you, and when you're done, just throw you to the curve. Unfortunately, people uh, will, will lie to us as Christians. They will abuse us, and that abuse includes physical, mental, and emotional abuse. They will subject you to situations that try your faith. They will slander your name and not even know you. Unfortunately, as a Christian, these things will happen to us. People will mistreat you. They will abandon you. They'll look at your Christianity as weakness and attempt to exploit that. They'll, you'll experience different levels of frustration and different levels of, of anxiety when dealing with people. People will ignore you. You can pour out your heart to someone and they'll just take what you give them and forget about you. There'll be times when uh, you wonder how and why people do what they do. People will take advantage of you and make you feel really, really bad. And if I can be quite honest with you, this seems to be a trend that all of us um, that are trying to live right have experienced. All of us have been victimized by the hand of someone or some person who we were trying to help. Someone who took advantage of our kindness and left us damaged to some degree. They left stronger and we became damaged goods. I like what Pastor John said a few years ago. He said, when you help people, they'll eat your spaghetti, leave you, and never say thank you. And I bet each person in here can testify that someone, some person that they can think about perhaps right now was the cause of some frustration and pain in their lives. You were trying to help someone doing the best that you could, and it resulted in some pain on your behalf. People will do a number on you. This is the kicker. But despite what people do to you, what despite, despite what they've done to you, 
despite all the stuff that you'll deal with or perhaps are dealing with now, despite all the real drama and all the stuff that you are dealing with concerning people, despite all the drawbacks and the setbacks and the heartaches and the manipulation that seems to go along with being a Christian, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. This isn't a profound, deep message. I'm sorry. But this is what God gave for me for you today. I believe this message is from the very heart of God. And God really wants you to internalize this revelation. Because for some reason, this revelation is hard for Christians to understand. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to smile. God loves it when you giggle. He loves it when you laugh and enjoy life. God knows that you're on a journey. It's ultimately his responsibility for the journey. But God wants you to enjoy the journey. God wants you to be happy. God doesn't get any glory when you're downtrodden and sad all the time. He doesn't get any glory when you're depressed and angry. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to smile. He wants you to have a, a good time in this life. In James 4, 14, the Bible says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while, a little time, and then vanishes away. God is saying in the grand scheme of things that life is short. And he illustrates that as he likens or compares the, the span of life to a vapor, uh, which appears for a brief moment, then vanishes away. One day you're here, and the next day you're gone. My mother-in-law recently passed. She, she, she lives to be 96. But in the context of eternity, that's a very brief time. So in the grand things, uh, scheme of things, we're not going to be here very long. And God is saying, because of this, I want you to enjoy life. I've learned enjoying life isn't something that comes natural, but rather it is intentional. You have to make plans to enjoy your life. I know we as Christians do serious work and it has eternal consequences, but everything isn't serious all the time. There are times when you should have fun. And God isn't saying to be irresponsible, but he's saying uh, along with your responsibilities, find a place of balance so that you can enjoy life and be happy. There is a time to cry, but there's also a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, but there's also a time to dance. And I believe there are some people in here who have mourned, but somehow you've missed your dance. And I believe God is saying, I want to see you dance again. I want to see you let your hair down and dance your heart out. It's amazing how profound and deep we could be and not understand the simple concepts of God. We can understand the significance of the high priest going behind the veil once a year on behalf of the people. We can understand the deep significance of all the parables in the synoptic gospels. We can be proficient in dissecting the richness and the precepts 
of, of, of the Word of God. We can be able to articulate Old Testament, New Testament scripture and know how it relates to, new, uh, to this present day. We can understand the, the, the complex spiritual doctrine. We can know Aramaic and Hebrew and Greek and never come to a realization that God wants us to be happy. Happy. Why would God say in Matthew 6, 25, not to worry? He says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more important than food and the body than clothing? God says, don't worry about life. Don't worry about food or drink or what clothes you have. In a few short scriptures, he says, don't worry three times. He says this because if we live a life that is filled with worry, that is racked with worry, we cannot be happy. Happiness counteracts or, or worrying counteracts the happiness that God wants us to experience. God wants us to be happy. When we serve the Lord, he wants us to be happy about that. In Psalm 100, verse 2, he says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. When we give, he wants us to give in a spirit of happiness. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. When you give, God says, be a cheerful giver. Be happy when you give. God wants us to be happy. He doesn't get any glory when you're unhappy, when you're frustrated and irritated and aggravated all the time. He doesn't get any glory when you're worried about something and angry and mad. He doesn't get any glory when you're not enjoying life. I have a question for you this morning. Where do we get the idea that we're more spiritual if we're gloomy, broke down, hurt and sad? Where do we get the idea when our countenance is down and we become withdrawn from people and withdrawn from, from life that that pleases God? Where do we get that idea? I, I, can I suggest that to you that that isn't God? If that's God's idea for your life, then why would God give us John 10.10? John 10.10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God wants you to be happy. There are two parts of John 10.10. One is the enemy's part. And the other is God's part. The devil's purpose is to steal from you, to, to cause things to die in your life and to destroy all that you hope for. And God came. God's purpose is to give you a rich, satisfying, fulfilling life. In other words, God wants you to be happy. I love it when I hear people, people laugh. You actually use... Um, um, more, uh, less muscles laughing, you know, than you do being angry. 
can, and I pray that you can receive this simple message today and really hear God today. If your feelings weren't important to God, why would he say what he says in Hebrews 4, 15? For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. God was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But Pastor McClendon, what does this mean? It was his desire to feel what we felt, and he feel, still does that today. So when you're sad, God is sad. Yeah. When you're discouraged and depressed, he feels that discouragement and depression. When you're fit to be tied, he feels the tension and the anxiety that you're dealing with. I wonder, do some people even have any expectations of, of happiness? When do we expect the loving part of God to manifest in our lives? When do we just accept the goodwill of God that he has for us? We see this in the expression of him giving his son to us. But how about the part in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God says that he has good thoughts and good plans towards us? See, I've learned that God is not some sadistic, uncaring God who sneers and laughs under his breath at our demise. He isn't some apathetic, evil ruler who doesn't even consider those over which he rules. He isn't a God who just stays up there as we're struggling down here. But he is a loving God. He is a, a caring God who lives in us and speaks to us and a God that wants us to be happy. In fact, God loves it when we're happy. God loves it when you giggle and when you laugh. Consider this. For those of us that have children, when your children are having a really difficult time as a parent, how does that make you feel? It doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad. Well, God is the same way in a much more magnified sense, if you will. It doesn't make God feel good when you're not happy. On the contrary, as a parent, when your children are happy, you're happy. And when you're happy, God is happy. So God wants us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy each other. He wants us to enjoy intimacy in marriage and appropriate intimacy in friendship. He wants us to enjoy our marriages. He wants us to enjoy family, to enjoy grandchildren. I have four granddaughters, and they are amazing. I, ha I have three sons, and, and I have three or four granddaughters. God has a, has a sense of humor. My granddaughters are amazing. I was always told that grandchildren have some kind of power on, over you, and they literally do. Uh, some, some years ago, I went to Virginia, and um, I was swinging with my granddaughter, and she calls me Papa, and she said, Papa, go higher. Well, of course, I went higher. So, so we're going pretty high. And um, she said, Papa, higher. I said, okay, babe. And I went higher. And she goes, Papa, jump. 
and Papa jumped. And it wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good. I think the day after, I was at my uh, massage therapist. <laughs> but grandchildren have amazing power over you. And God wants you to enjoy your grandchildren, to go on vacations, to go on mini vacations and long vacations, to see the world. He wants you to have good friends and have intriguing conversations, to sit down to a good book, to watch a good movie, to eat a good meal, to share fond memories, and just enjoy life. God wants you to own pets, and uh, whether it's a cat or a dog or, or, or a turtle or a frog. Whatever your preference is, God wants us to enjoy life. See, the enemy doesn't want you to enjoy life, and unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't enjoy life. There's so many, so many Christians in this world that are unhappy, unhappy in their spousal relationships, unhappy on their jobs, unhappy with themselves, which hurts their self-esteem, unhappy with their life situations, unhappy because of family issues. There are many people who have been treated so poorly for so long that they don't expect anything else. There are some people in this world who have been unhappy for so long that they can't even think, uh, or they don't even think that they can ever be happy. Now, please hear this this morning. Despite what you believe, despite what has happened in your life, I know many of us have had trials and tribulations. Despite what has happened in your life, God wants you to be happy. And might I add, you don't deserve to be happy because of yourself. You deserve to be happy because that's God's will for your life. Say amen to that. It is the very will of God for you to enjoy life and be happy. I heard Joyce Meyer say, you're on a journey. At least enjoy the journey. Amen. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 again, if you will. And I want you to, and I want you to focus on the last part of verse 13. It says, so I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Take this out. Happiness, food, and things that sustain us, uh, uh, sustain your, your, your life, are gifts from God. Happiness is a wonderful gift that comes from God. It is a blessing to live a happy life. Who wants to live sad all their lives? No one does. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to enjoy life while you're here and be happy. He wants us to live joyfully, see good days, and enjoy the rewards of our labor. Abraham Lincoln said, and I quote, People are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Please hear that. People are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Centuries before Lincoln, the emperor Marcus Antonius said, no man is happy who does not think himself so. Very interesting. An English journalist said it this, this way. He said, 
it's not the place nor the condition, but the mind alone that can make anyone happy or miserable. Mm -hmm. So all these great people essentially tell us that happiness is in your mind. You have to make up your mind to be happy. The Word of God says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. To be happy, you have to believe that you can be happy. You have to make up your mind to be happy. You have to embrace the thought of being happy. I want to leave three points with you about being happy. If you're someone to take notes, please take these three, these three things down. Three points as it relates to being happy. Point number one is, is this. Your happiness should not solely be based upon people. Your happiness should not solely be based upon people. Why do I say this? People will change on you. People will come and they'll go. People will change their alliances. People are hot and cold. You can have a good friend today and tomorrow they get mad at you. Come on, say amen to that. I know I'm preaching right. People are hot and cold. I've, I've seen many, many relationships that with it because, because of how people change. I've seen people in, in marriages 20 years and somehow they just, they just fall out of marriage. So people change. People come and people go. Over the years as a pastor, I've seen many people come and go. And what that has taught me is not to depend solely on people at all. People change, but the good thing is God doesn't change. Say amen to that. God always remains the same. Your happiness should never be based upon people. It should be based upon the Lord. Glory. Listen to this. In the process of building your character, God will bring people in and out of your life so you can learn to depend on him and not them. I got to say that again. God will bring people in and out of, your, out of your life so you can learn to depend on him and not them. And it will look like uh, people are hurting you, but it's actually God teaching you. God will allow some people in your life who will betray you. However, the betrayal is meant to push you and force you into another realm of God's glory. Now, you may not agree with this, but I believe Judas was one of the most important disciples in Jesus' life. Had it not been for Judas, Jesus may not have made it to the cross. Now, I imagine God would have used someone else. The point is, Judas was instrumental in that process. Your happiness cannot solely be de dependent upon people. It has to be dependent upon God. Amen. Point two. Your happiness has everything to do with God. Everything to do with God. Proverbs 3, 5. This is one of my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
and lean not unto thine own understanding. Also Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. So your happiness has everything to do with God. Trust God to bring happiness in your life. Trust God to change the season that you're in if it's a bad one. Trust God to help you get rid of the bad stuff in your life and replace it with good stuff. Your happiness has everything to do with God. Trust God. Trust in the assurance that God gives knowing that he has good plans towards you. His, he has plans to give you hope and a bright future. If your year, and we're in September, this year has really gone by very quickly. If your year didn't start well, know that how it started does not dictate how it's going to end. Yeah. God wants you to be happy. When your happiness depends upon God, he'll bring people into your life that will help you experience degrees of happiness. One of the greatest moves of God that I ever saw as it relates to, to a pastor was Pastor John. God brought me into his life when he was really in a bad state. And God allowed me to see him completely restored from a, a hurt person to a blessed person with three wonderful kids. Can we say amen to that? Three kids. It's amazing. When you put God first, you will experience happiness that only God can give. Amen. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. All these things, if you will, includes the happiness that God can bring. Your happiness has everything to do with God. Point number three. And I pray that you can receive this in your spirit. And I believe that somebody in here might need to hear this. Your happiness is in front of you, not behind you. It's in front of you, not behind you. Your life isn't over. Things will get better. You will not remain in the season that you're in. You're not perpetually stuck in a rut. You shall live and not die. Your happiness is in front of you and not behind you. This is why the Bible says, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to what's before. You can't grasp the happiness in front of you if you're hanging on to the frustration that's behind you. What do we, a music, I need a, a musician, if you will. Please come now. I'm almost done. I've come here to encourage someone today. You know, it's amazing how we as Christians can put on this wonderful veneer and we can come in here and smile and act as though things are perfect, but 
we know they're not. You know, we can dress up and, 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 and do all the things to make people think that things are well. Um, sometimes we'll ask someone to, um, how, you, know, how, you know, how they're doing and they don't tell us the truth. But I've come to tell you today that God wants you to be happy. And I want you to believe that you can be happy. Trust that God wants you to be happy. Know that God wants you to be happy. If you're in here and you know this message is for you, I invite you to come to the altar. And I have a, a special prayer that I've meditated on. And I'm going to pray that over you today. Doesn't matter what, um, what's going on. But God wants you to know that he wants you to be happy. Yes, life is is challenging. And like Pastor said, people will eat your spaghetti and never say thank you. But the very will of God is for you to be happy. And my prayer today is that God will wipe away the tears and replace those tears with smiles. Perhaps someone has been hurt so deeply and, and so long that you don't even think that you can make it to a place of happiness. Well, God loves you so much that I believe God sent me here for you today. I believe that. We serve a loving God who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He wants you to be happy. going to read the scripture that I'm going to pray. And I want you to internalize what God is saying to us, if you will. Matthew 7, verse 11. If you, then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, God Almighty, how much more Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The gift of happiness. Happiness. This is the prayer. Lord, I know that trials and troubles tend to be our best teachers and you allow certain things in our lives to make us like you. 
I know that. But I also know that your love is unconditional. I know that you want the very best for us and you want us to be happy. I pray for those who may have become disillusioned by a season of despair. And I ask that you would smile on them, that you would rain on the parched places in their lives and allow flowers to bloom again. I pray that those who have mourned will also know that there is a time to dance. I pray that you would turn their sadness into gladness and their trials into triumphs. And most importantly, that they would know that you want them to be happy. In Jesus' name. In his name, the great I am, a high priest, a rock. In Jesus' name, we pray. And the people that love God say amen. Let's bless God in the house today. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for everything you've done this morning. And God, you truly do want us to be full of your joy. For the joy of the Lord is our strength, God. And I pray that you would just breathe that strength and that life into each and every person here today. And God, we just thank you and praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Pastor Greg. <laughs> Anybody feel some joy starting to bubble up in you? So, as we sang earlier, Lord, come be the fire inside of me. And so if you've got some of that depression or you're battling the sadness, you're battling the, the hard times or whatever, so God, just come burn it up. Fill me full of your joy. Light me a flame and a fire for you. Amen. Anybody with me on that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pastor Greg, once again, we thank you for for coming and speaking. Make sure that uh, before he gets out the door that you guys, guys hug his neck and thank him for the word. I believe that was spoken by the Lord through him. And uh, thank you once again, Pastor. And, uh, and then uh, Pastor Greg got y'all out early for lunch. So <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, without further ado, if, uh, if you need to pray anymore, you can come down and pray. Um, but uh, but if, without further ado, Man, tell someone you love them on the way out and, uh, and have a good Lord's Day, as Pastor John always likes to say. So, God bless you this day.